following message is from Narrative Church, a Lutheran church located in Williamson County, Texas. For more information, go to www.narrative.church. There's a new viral video phenomenon happening. And I don't know if you've run across it. I've seen it on my trending page on YouTube, a little bit on Twitter and Facebook. Uh, But I was actually talking with Rusty Fusilay this morning as we set up, and he said he's seen it a couple times on the Today Show that's on in their house in the mornings, and he's, he's heard it come on. But there's this new viral sensation, which is reunification videos. People who have gotten a vaccination and are seeing their grandchildren for the first time is the most common thread that I've seen. And the joy that happens when some of these people distance either by disease or by pandemic are coming together once again. And I know the story may be different for all of us. For some of us, we may have had the chance to see family, to be around each other. But for some of us, the the distance of travel and you throw in the pandemic and you add different issues people may have had, these videos are so exciting to watch family and friends coming back together. And my hope and prayer is as a church that we get to experience some of that excitement. Because as all of this was rolling out last March, there was kind of this Holy Spirit move right in front of where Matt and I were making decisions for what we needed to do as a church. And it felt like we were being blessed that we had made a plan about 24 hours before we would need to implement it. And so it was spring break of March 2020 when we got the call that the schools were closing. We didn't know for how long. It was Saturday that I called Andrew Rentschler and said, hey, could we meet in the beer garden? (laughs) And he said, yeah, that's great. Which has been their response every time I call and go, hey, can we come back? Yeah, that's fine. They're so welcoming to us here. It's been a blessing. But then we had to discuss and say, okay, do we need to do community groups online? Do we need to move our Bible studies to Zoom? Do we need to do all of those things? And listen, I will freely admit the blessings the internet has given to us. Also, I am the person pounding my head into my pillow after four different Zoom meetings through the day. There's something about it that just drains us. I watched as my my youngest niece started kindergarten on Zoom. And in just one of her funniest moments as a six-year-old, on the phone with us when her mom was around, and she was like, no, it's been great. And she's telling all these stories. And as soon as my sister leaves the room, she pulls, because we're FaceTiming, so it's all video, she pulls the phone in real close, and all we see is her mouth, and she goes, I don't like it. (laughs) And it was this brilliant moment for me that's just stuck of like, first of all, her knowledge of comedy to be like, 
Mom's out of the room. Bring it in close. Whisper it real nice. That was just, I mean, years ahead of where she should be. But that moment with my niece of understanding, none of us looked and said, you know what I really love? Zoom meetings. Just line me up. I'm ready to go. Maybe, maybe if you got to work from home a little bit, maybe that was a bonus. But I don't think any of us were saying, you know what I'm super stoked about? Church only being online this week. Can I tell you some of the minor heart attacks I had on Saturdays when all of a sudden some meteorologist minding his own business wherever he was was like, eh, we're going to give Austin, ah, Georgetown, let's give him a 60% chance of rain when it was zero yesterday. Those were my favorite emails to send. To be like, hey, I knew we were supposed to meet in person, but now we're going to be online. And so far, I haven't heard from anyone who drove to a place we were supposed to be meeting and said, hey, we're supposed to be meeting. So that's, that's another blessing for me through this year. But one thing I'm really looking forward to is as we see vaccines going out, as we see numbers dipping, as we see that happening, I'm trying to take a deep breath and say, Lord, don't let me get too excited. Let me have the right level of excitement of where we're going. But I'm very hopeful for what it means for community coming back together. What it means for us to be able to say, hey, remember those fun things we used to do? I want to start doing those again. Remember meeting together in one space and reading the Bible together? We're going to start doing that again. Remember kids ministry? We're going to start doing that again. Remember next gen? We're going to start doing that again. And as we're coming out of Easter, I realize we had this chance to look and say, what does community look like? What does community mean? I think it's more than just us here at Narrative, even though we have so much that we can apply here. But it's for us as Christians, what is community? How does Christian community transcend what we know as regular community? And so I want to look through these, through that community, through the lens of what we call our, we have a calling and a culture. So our calling at Narrative Church is to be disciples living the story of Jesus. But then we have these cultural markers that we want to use to look and say, who do we want to be as we do that? And so what we're going to do is we're going to take those cultural markers and look at community through those markers to say, look what God is doing here. Look at what he's calling us to. And so that first cultural marker for us is the gospel, plain and simple. That when we say, if we want to be in community together, if we want to be a church together, what that means is that the foundation of who we are is the good news of Jesus for us. The simplest way to explain the gospel is to say that when you couldn't, Jesus could. And he did. 
that when your sin separated you from God, Jesus stepped into the middle and said, I will be the sacrifice that you need to be redeemed back to God. And in that redemption, we find peace, we find new life, we find joy. And so at the very foundation of who we are is that we say there is nothing that can separate us from the love of Christ. That gospel community at its foundation finds its identity in what Jesus has done for us. It's not about what we do. It's about what he has done. Now, what we have to make sure and talk about is, as we talk about what he has done, and it's not about what we do, but if we're building community around the gospel, there is action on our part. So our identity comes from that gospel truth that Jesus is for us. I think it's easy sometimes to to believe that for us to um, be a church, to be Christians, to be uh, in a gospel-based community, well, what it means is we have to try a little bit harder, right? God will love me more if I just try a little harder. What we want to do is dispel that idea. God loves you now as much as he will ever love you because he loved you yesterday as much as he will ever love you. He will love you tomorrow as much as he will ever love you. The good news for us, the good news of what Jesus has done for us is that we don't have to do it. So instead of looking at gospel community and saying, let's try a little harder, we say, let's start with our identity in the gospel, that Jesus is for us. But if the gospel is working in our lives, it's going to start looking like something, and we will start doing what he has called us to do. And so today in our readings from Acts and from Colossians, we see that a gospel-based community with identity in Christ will do certain things. The first thing we will do is we will love each other. If we look at what we read this morning in Acts, it starts off with this, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and prayers. You skip a little further down, and all who believed were together and had all things in common. So what I'd like you to do is go home, sell everything you have, and we'll just put a pot in the middle, and you just dump it all in. I like that there were a couple of snickers at that, and but a lot of like gasps of breath of going, all right, he's found the deep end. Uh, we need to start looking for a new church. Pastor Ted has gone too far this time. What the early church did was it started looking and saying, how can we fulfill the needs of those around us who are in need? And I have watched this church do that. I have watched people step in and say, not just how can I help the church, but how can I help people? 
this year we had something like 60 air mattresses, I think, that we turned in. Was it around 60, Joy? 60 air mattresses. We restocked Round Rock ISD again with air mattresses for students who are in need. Listen, when I had very little phone signal but was trying to call and text as many people as I could during the winter storm, everyone with power and water, every response to me was, we're good, let us know if anyone needs anything. Now, luckily, everyone was kind of taken care of in their neighborhoods, but there was this huge thing that I had a list of like eight, nine, ten people who all said, yeah, we're fine. Let us know if people need something. That is having things in common and saying, I can use the things I've been blessed with to bless others. Right now, we are in the midst of saying, Lord, where are you taking us to physically meet together on Sunday mornings? Being together in word and worship is not the entirety of our faith. But if you put church as a metaphor of saying, well, our job is to be on a boat and go out into the ocean and seek and save that which is lost, to encourage one another to do those kinds of things, we've kind of been floating on a dinghy. Now, the dinghy's been okay. We've had time to be here together. We've been able to meet online, but we're definitely looking towards saying, Lord, where are you calling us? What's our next step to say maybe we can move up to like a speedboat? Or maybe, you know, you're leading us somewhere else. We're looking for that direction together. But the joy is, no matter where we meet, when we come together on a Sunday morning, we're looking to say this is here to grow us together as the body to be sent out. That a gospel-based community is sent. We talked about it last week. Jesus looks at his disciples and he says, so as the Father is sending me, now I am sending you. So in gospel-based community, we have identity in Jesus. We love each other and we are sent. Now, one of the interesting things about how we interact as a body is there in Colossians. Jesus calls us to say, treat each other with humbleness, with respect, with meekness and kindness. Forgive one another. Have you ever been in that place where you're like, don't want to forgive? Don't want to do that. Gospel-based community calls us to forgive one another, to live in a place where we grow together in that way. And finally, gospel-based community goes where God calls it. This church in Acts is the early church in Jerusalem. But Jesus would say, you will be my witnesses 
from Jerusalem to Judea to the ends of the world. Gospel-based community does not just exist here on Sunday mornings. It's wherever you go. We gather together because we believe there is benefit to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread together, to communion together. But we know that you are going to go out into your daily lives. And that gospel community doesn't leave you behind. And the final part of gospel community is it ends where it starts. Is it is all wrapped up in Jesus and what he has done. That he calls you and he says, you are mine. And so our joy together as we start talking about simple community is that we start at this base level and say, our foundation that can never be shaken is that Jesus would die for us and call us his. And then we live differently, caring for each other's needs. We live differently, being sent out instead of just trying to be comfortable. We live differently in humbleness, in forgiveness, in repentance. And when we mess those other things up, we go, luckily we have a Savior that would die for us when we mess it up. We'll spend the next four weeks diving into the other cultural ideas we have of community. But the thing I would challenge you with this week is a simple prayer. Lord, let me see your gospel in community this week. Let me see you wherever I go. Let's pray. Lord, we ask that you would remind us of identity again and again and again. That we are yours. Lord, may a gospel community be a place where we can find rest, and restoration, but also challenge to be sent out as your people. Lord, let us rejoice with what you have done for us, that we can stand firm in your love for us. Pray this on your Son, Jesus' name. Amen.